Rejection most times is the redirection we need to unlock our truest potential. Life puts us in some uncomfortable and unexpected situations despite our efforts and plans. So how do we look at failures as opportunities? How do we deal with life's uncertainties, identify some losses as wins, all while not labeling ourselves as total losers or failures? You'll find out right here on Redirection with Terry Carell. Welcome to another episode of Redirection with Terry Carell. How are you guys doing? Another week, therefore it means another episode. Thank you so very much for the encouraging words. I mean, let me tell you something. I saw the hashtag Redirection with TK used on Twitter as well as Instagram. Thank you for the love, guys. Uh, For those of you who have told me that you listen to the podcast while you're working out, I appreciate it. Hey, Patrice, how you doing? Even met Wendy, who had a lot of really encouraging words for me uh, while I was there trying to pay my bills. So again, thank you very much. Don't forget to subscribe, to rate, to review, and you know, let me know um, how you're enjoying the podcast. Don't forget as well, if you have a compelling story that definitely shows how rejection somehow helped in your redirection, I would love to hear from you. Visit terrycarell.com, visit the podcast page, and there you will see the details where you can share your story. So let's get into my guest for today. You know that famous saying, walk by faith, not by sight? Well, that literally describes my guest today. He was a top academic student who lost his sight during high school, which saw him graduating without a single subject. But who he would become years later is nothing short of amazing. You're going to want to stick and stay because it's now time for Redirection with Terry Carell. Hello, Senator Dr. Floyd Morris. Welcome to the Redirection um, seat with me. How are you? I'm fabulous, and um, it's just an absolute pleasure and honor to be here with you in this space. Oh, the pleasure is mine. I've I've been I've been admiring you for years. You know, as a, a and I, for for persons who do not know, I, I mean, I'm going to give them the opportunity to understand that you're not a dibby dibby man. You know, I'm, make, I'm making making it very clear that I am speaking with, you know, a, a, a lecturer, a political communication specialist, a disability advocate, a motivational speaker. I'm speaking to an author and a senator who happens to be blind. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Interesting, yeah? It's Interesting. extreme. Like, th- this is a divine, this is a divine power over you. And I've seen everything that you've done. And all I've been asking myself is, how? I want just just a minute of his time for him to tell me how, especially at a time when persons are defining themselves by their physical conditions, their economic, social conditions. I think there is no greater time than to hear a story um, from you just to, to, to let people know that they're certainly not defined by any of those things. Absolutely, uh, Terry. You know, the, the, the fact of the matter is that we should not allow 
our circumstances or our situation mm -hmm. to determine and to define us. Mm -hmm. Because all of us are born with certain God-given talents and abilities. Yes. And if we decide that we are going to utilize them to the best of our abilities, we can accomplish anything, anything. that we want. You know, so once, once I got blind uh, at age 20, mm -hmm. and I realized that this was going to be a lifetime situation because the doctor said that glaucoma was uh, irreversible. Yes. I realized that this was going to be a part of my identity going Correct. forward. Correct. You know, and unless a miracle uh, occurred, you know, I was going to be blind for the rest of my life. Right. And yes, it was depressive at the moment because no man, no woman have gone through such traumatic experience and right. don't go through a period of depression. It is normal and natural. Right. But understand that when you go through these depressive moments, uh, you you have to just try and dig deep in your inner reserve and understand what is happening with you and understand how others have coped and dealt with the situation mm -hmm. and see how is it, what it is that you have in your hand. What is the tool that you have in your hand mm -hmm. that you can use to respond? I remember reading the story of Moses yes and when God went to him in the bushes and wanted him to go to deliver the Israelite and he found all manner of excuses including indicating to God that he had a disability because he had a speech impairment yes and he said that I am not eloquent I am not able to speak to Pharaoh and God said to him, what is it that you have in your hand? And him said, it's a stick. And God said, throw it on the ground. And Amen. God showed him what he could do with what he had in his hand. And that the power was actually inside of him. Absolutely. And so that is what I did at the point when I got blind. To look what it is that I had in my hand. Mm -hmm. I realized that even though I was blind, my brain was intact. I could still add, subtract, mm -hmm. and multiply. And so I knew that education was going to be a critical part of my transition and transformation. Right. So I'm going to take it back. The first question I ask all my guests, and that's the reason why the podcast is actually called Redirection, is because... Um, all of my guests had an idea of what they wanted to be and life just had its way with them and they ended up being something else that they never imagined, but they give God thanks that this is where they are now. The Floyd in high school, because you, you attended St. Mary High School, I believe. Yes. The Floyd in St. Mary High School, what did he want to be? The, at the time, at uh, 16, 17, <laughs> did you have any idea or were you just, you know, yes. kicking it? <laughs> Yes, yes, Terry. I, 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 I'm laughing, you know, because whilst I was in high school, I wanted to be a chartered accountant. Right? What were you saying to me? Money, money, um, money. 
and 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 so i did the business subjects yes uh but i don't think life wanted floyd morris to be a chartered accountant and so there is a running joke in my household between me and my wife yes because i never um, became a chartered accountant, but my wife is in fact a chartered accountant. You're kidding! She took your dream. She took your dream. So, so, so you would say that? I mean, by no stretch of the imagination would you have ever imagined that you would be doing all the things that you're doing now? Absolutely not. And and this is the thing that amazes me because, you know, when when I I got blind and decided that I was going to come to Kingston mm -hmm. in 1991 to get rehabilitated at the Jamaica, Jamaica Society for, for the Blind. blind. Mm -hmm. I just never knew the possibilities that were there. I mean, I know I had a conversation with Doreen Samuels way back in the, um, in the early 90s, late yes. 80s, yes. and she told me of things that blind persons were able to do right i heard you and, heard her on the radio she had mentioned right. it on the radio and so what you did was you followed up with her to right. find out more about the jamaica society for the blind absolutely and so and so you know when i came to the jamaica society for the blind and they taught me how to get around the city by myself they taught me how to um you read and write braille and so forth a new world Open was dawning on me yes you know and when i started to travel on the bus by myself and i found out that look man i can do this thing here for myself i can travel all the way to michael from hope road right. on the bus and i don't miss any turn i don't miss my um where i'm going Mm -hmm. um i say well you know there god has built in every one of us coping mechanisms Absolutely. i tell people that i am not able to see but i am able to do a lot of things via smelling mm -hmm. via touching via feeling yes and 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 that is what has has, has enabled me to recover Mm -hmm. And to get back in the education system, do my um, GC and all. Oh no 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 no! I don't want you to go so fast. No no no! I don't want you to go so fast. No no no! You will not go so fast. Eh, eh. No right. no no! I, I'll go at your pace. I'll yeah, go man. At your no pace. no! Because I'm right. not let, you're all not right. letting out these nuggets too fast right. for my people. You are in control. <laughs> <laughs> well, well. First of all, let me take the opportunity to acknowledge Garfin Grandison, who is my best friend he hails from saint mary yes. and i know that that is where you hail from and yes is very, is right in my community listen right. i remember him as a little boy he used to ride a little bicycle all over the place <laughs> so he's very proud of saint mary so he's going to be very yes. excited that you are my guest but yes. you you have you have a you as a matter of fact i will tell you his mother uh -huh. is very close to my mother because you know his mother my mother was uh, the community dressmaker, so my yes. mother used to make dresses for his mother. 
you're kidding well yes. i read about her in your book you know yes. and i read about you you know being in this uh family large family eight you know mm -hmm. you guys were were eight in number as siblings daddy right. was a fireman mommy was a dressmaker and um you know you spoke so beautifully about the humble beginnings and how mommy as much as she didn't get to further her education because at the time you had explained at that particular point in time you know by the time someone you're lucky if you got to grade nine but at that time you had to acquire a skill and she learned um as an apprentice i think for another dressmaker who she used to bring wood for right for, for, uh -huh. for the fire you see i read it i listen i yes, enjoyed your yes, book yes. And for those persons who aren't aware it's walk by faith not by sight yes. and um what you explained is that your mother was extremely serious about you taking up your book right 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 absolutely you know i mean because in those days uh people would get uh an education opportunity up to ninth grade mm -hmm. and after that you go to learn a skill right learn a trade and so my mother never got the opportunity to move on to high school so what she had to do was to learn a trade mm -hmm. and in order to pay for that trade she had to carry bundles of wood to the um the dressmaker that she was um, learning the trade with. Right. And, and she did very well and set up her own establishment, yes. you know. And um, she made sure because she never wanted what happened to her yes. in terms of the difficult life mm -hmm. uh, happened to her children. She made sure that she uh, instilled in us the value and importance of education. So, you know, I mean, going to primary school, going to high school. You were in the top I class in primary school because you absolutely. say you never like anybody call you nincompoop. A teacher used absolutely. to call the, the children nincompoop. Yes. I understand that you did extremely well yes. and you were in the the top class. Absolutely. With a absolutely. competitive set of guys um, yes. in your class as well. Yes. But you got through for St. Mary High School. Go right right and that is the uh, i mean i will tell you the top high school on the northern side of the island it's not up for debate <laughs> it's not, not up, up for form. debate not up for debate so, so, so you get into saint mary high school you know you're 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 new to the surroundings and the environment but you know what a chance it is to follow in your footsteps i think of your brother i think you had an older brother who you right. mentioned was already ahead he was already mm -hmm. attending St. Mary High School, very athletic. And so here it is, you are now coming in, you know, in his footsteps. What was high school like? Because at the time you still had your sight. Yeah, um, uh, I, high school, it was an exciting uh, period because you're, you're transitioning from high school, mm -hmm. from primary school to high school. This is the high school of the Lilith Hodges and Jacqueline Pusey, yes. who had dominated track and field uh, internationally. So the school had a notoriety and mm -hmm. had an established name, you know, in terms of its athletics and its academic uh, prowess. Right. So, so, so going there was a major, major feat for me. And, you know, I, because of how I, well, I did at primary school, 
when I went to high school, I was placed in uh, one of the top classes uh, yes. in, in, in grade seven. Mm -hmm. And uh, I continue to do well. Uh, Your future there. is bright. Your future uh, is bright. You're doing everything you're supposed to absolutely, do. Absolutely. And, and I did well at grade seven. And then I went to grade eight as well. And the, 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 the trend continued. I did very well and was in the top class um, as well. And transitioned from grade eight to nine mm -hmm. and still doing well because I was in the top uh, uh, stream in ninth grade as well. So and you are sailing. Was, I mean, you are sailing at this point in time. You're, you're, you're making sure that you're following um, the, the, the lessons and the learnings and the teachings uh, from your mom. And you're, you're doing well. You are, you, are, you are what we could consider a student leader at this point in time. I, I, absolutely. I was, doing, I was doing very well academically um, at the time. And, you know, uh, you could see the teachings and... And, and, and I had no choice because my mother was just not going to let me go from under her wings, mm -hmm. um, being, the, being the wash belly, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you better pull up your socks. Yes, yes, you know. So, so you know, I mean, I had to, I had to do uh, well, you know. Right. So, 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 at what point, so, at what point do you start to realize or feel or notice that something is wrong because even when i read your story i thought of um uh ray charles i thought about the movie you know when i had the opportunity of watching his movie and he was a mm -hmm. little guy you know in his yard playing and he would look up at the tree and all of a sudden shadows you know their things weren't as sharp weren't as crisp right. and no mm -hmm. one could understand what was taking place mm -hmm. all right you know uh one of the things that you will note about St. Mary High mm -hmm. is that it is the school on the hill that grows. That is what uh, was the description yes. of our school at the time. Yes. And when you're on that hill, we could look up on the higher hills mm -hmm. of St. Catherine. Yes. So... It gave you. It gave us a very kaleidoscopic view mm -hmm. of the hills of Saint Catherine and the natural environment around us. You know. Yes. So, so I mean, I, I, uh, it, it was really a picturesque sight. So, um, in the mornings we would be on the uh, balcony of the class and we would be the looking block. out. Mm -hmm. Because you know everybody's racing to catch the sunlight because <laughs> in those days Highgate was very cold. You yes. know we never had the phenomenon of climate change. Change, at the time. right? You I know? recall in your book you were saying sometimes you go to the school and you'd be met with fog. Absolutely, and mm -hmm. and and that fog wouldn't go away until midday. Wow, right? that was how thick the fog was. Sounding and, like Portland. <laughs> and you look up and they said, Catherine Hill, and this is it's the same thing, you know. Yes. But what I what I found happening by the time I reached grade nine, mm -hmm. I noticed that I wasn't seeing the place as clearly as I used to, and everything was looking oh. very foggy, hazy, mm -hmm. you know, throughout the day. And 
I noticed that when I, I used to sit at the back of the class, and I noticed that I couldn't see from the back of the class clearly anymore. So I realized that it's not a matter of the place being foggy on the outside, right. but rather that something was going wrong with my sight because even when I went up to the front of the class, I still was having oh, a problem in terms of seeing the blackboards. The teacher placed me in the center of, right. the, of, 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 of the classroom now so that I could span the width of the blackboard. Wow. And, and so how and, did this translate in terms of, your, your, you know, saying mommy, you know, or daddy, or, you know, even to your siblings, something is off. Like, when did you realize, was, did you wait a little to see if maybe this is something that would pass? Or did you say, hey, no, man, something is wrong. Let me tell them. Well, I, I told them, I told them immediately. Mm -hmm. Right. But they were, they were watching um, to see what was uh, the situation mm -hmm. um, uh, to see if. You know, it was just a mere, a, a temporary situation. Right. And when I saw that it was going away, I went to the school nurse and um, guidance counselor and spoke to them about the problem. Yes. And uh, they sent for my mother and explained the situation that it was getting serious. Mm -hmm. And they wrote a letter, gave her a letter to take to the school um, optometrist in Kingston. Right. And um, we went to the optoma uh, optometrist mm -hmm. and he examined the eyes and found out that, you know, he said he saw a little hole in the eye. Wow. And um, he referred me to the university hospital yes um for further examination because he was an optometry optometrist and he wanted me to go to an ophthalmologist ophthalmologist, ophthalmologist. i've always right. hated those two words by the way up, i was <laughs> right. like listen could they have could they couldn't have made it easier yes are you feeling at this time you would have been how old Fifth, uh, were you 15 16 or 16, that 17. time, that time I was, that time was 1980 wow. or 84. So I would have been 15 at the time. Were you I scared? I mean, you're hearing these doctors speak. And as far as you're concerned, you've always been normal. Everybody in your family, and I use normal in quotation marks, you know, everyone in your family has been oh. fine. You've never seen any of these manifestations. Were you scared or were you still Terry? I was scared to death because wow. when I went to the university hospital and the ophthalmologist told me that it was glaucoma and I was the first young person at that age Jeez. that they discovered with glaucoma, I was petrified because I'm saying, what is this that is happening to me? And why? Why and me? Why me? Why me? You know? And I mean, I used to, I mean, I was just getting in the knack of playing football and cricket at high school. I, I started to see a decline in my grade. So the first semester of my ninth grade years, the grades plummeted significantly. And I can understand because even at that time with very little sensitization, 
when it mm-hmm. came to disabilities. And here it is, I'm picturing that there wouldn't have been any resources right. and, 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 and adjustment mm-hmm. um, from the educational standpoint in terms of infrastructure to accept you with this new developing um, condition. Yes, absolutely. You know, so, so, so I mean, I, it, it, was, it was really difficult, you know, because, you know, um, as you correctly said, the teachers weren't exposed to the modern nuances of how to relate to a student right. who is suffering from a visual impairment. And so, you know, all of my grades, all of my grades dipped. And you know, in ninth grade is when you start to prepare for a transition to 10th grade, which is where you specialize in the core courses that you want to do um, in CXC or GCE. Of course, GCE, of course. At the time. The CXCs right? is what so, all of us are looking forward to, to either head to upper six, if you're, if you're high school, either upper six, or for right. many, maybe to go to school abroad. Like your CXCs is your window to the world, your resume. Absolutely, absolutely. And so, you know, I was... I was worried to say the least because with those grades that I was getting in my first uh, semester of dying grade, they wouldn't cut it at all. As a matter of fact, the teachers sent for my mother because that was unlike Floyd's performance, you know? And can I you tell have, you, can you, was there any particular teacher or, or because I'm trying to imagine what this adjustment is, is, is like for you, even just your typical relationship with your, with your, with your friends at the school, you know, and even the teachers, how did the, the dynamic in the relationships change? You know, were your friends still like with you, have your back or were they kind of going, you know, this is just way too much. We never really signed up for all of this. You know, what were the relationship dynamics like? Typical children. They aren't accustomed or exposed to this type of uh, situation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they would come up to me and say, you see me, you see me. And they would put their hands before me and say, how much is this? How much is oh this? My. You know? Oh um, uh, and, and then the teachers were just at sea in terms of um, what to do because they never knew of any organization that they could call in for assistance or anything like that, you know? Right. So, 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 I mean, I, I was just there going through the system. I mean, yes, I still had my friends and I mean, I could still see to walk by myself and all of that. And as I indicated, the grades deteriorated in the first semester and I mean, I really dig deep in a reserve for the um, the second term because mm-hmm. I wanted to get into a good stream at 10th grade to do what I wanted. Right. And I, I have to give God thanks because it really worked out for me at the time. It really worked out for me at the time. Right. You know? but, but, I, but then you get to CXEs and you didn't get a subject. You know, when I went to fifth form and I was doing my CXC exams, yes. I was unable to see the paper, to read. And I just sat there with 
tears cascading down my face because I, I just couldn't see to write anything on uh, most of the papers. And I said, yes, this is it. And I left high school without any academic subject. That was in 1986. And so, Floyd, what would you have been thinking at that point? As in, because now you are, you're young with no subjects uh, where we knew that education was really what gave you the platform to create opportunities for yourself. Um, I know you're blind. Yes. They yes. would have said, you're kind of dark. Literally. You're kind of dark. You're kind of dark, you know? And uh, that was what happened because for four years, I had to sit at home, you know, uh, having nothing to do. And how did that make you feel? And, 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 and while you are transitioning from someone who could see to someone who couldn't see, now I would, be, I would imagine that the type of society and world that you are now interacting with is the type of world that maybe you wouldn't have felt or noticed when you could have seen. So even mm -hmm. in those four years, you know, how, how did you feel having to now deal with a society that maybe just did not take the time to understand, you know, Why? the rigors and the challenges of, of the disabled community. I tell you, Terry, it was very, very daunting. It was very frustrating because no one caused a disability to be placed on them. Mm -hmm. Disability is not a nice thing. Mm -hmm. uh, it is a difficult experience i tell people that i make blindness look easy but it <laughs> you is do not, you actually you know? do um, uh, but but it's because of how comfortable i am with myself and the rehabilitation that i've gone through over the years right. but you know when i was walking around in my community at the time young men used to put things in my way to see oh if I was going to if I trip. was going to trip over in it to see if I was seeing for real you know I mean um, I remember walking on the road in night and when um, vehicles park up on the roadside I would bump into them you know I mean it wasn't it wasn't an easy um, encounter for me and then my mother decided that I wasn't going to walk on the road by myself. So whenever I'm going out, you, you needed know, protection I, and I escort. Was, uh, somebody would go with me, you know? So, you know, it was really, really difficult until the dreaded moment came when I lost my total, total sight, Jeez. You know, total vision. Um, that was in 1989. And, uh, you know, I said, well, you know, this is it. And I have had to live with this for the rest of my life. This was going to be my new identity. So, so, so you are now sitting, you know, four years um, blind. And I'm sure all of your friends who you would have gone to school with have moved on. Some have gone to, you know, different places. Maybe some started to work. Some, you know, went to different parishes. And so you probably feel very stuck. So, so tell me some of your defining moments. Um, I, I, I cannot remember if um, you becoming the poultry farmer happened before or after Doreen Samuels. Well, I mean, it happened uh, during 
that time uh, I, I had set up the poultry farm. Yes. The small poultry business at that time. Because you say you're going you know? to do something with yourself. Yes. You're going to make something yes. of yourself. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, so I was doing this, but I wanted more, you know, and I was listening to her on the radio. But hold on, don't get to Doreen yet. I, I believe I've heard a story, um, and maybe you can confirm it, that when you decided to be a poultry farmer, and I think it is that you went to buy the chicks. Was it that you buy? Mm -hmm. you went to buy the chicks? I, people, asked somebody were, to, mm -hmm. I asked somebody to purchase the chicks, and the uh, person uh, stole some of the chicks, I mean, because I had given him money to buy 50, and uh, he purchased 38. Um. Uh, he, he brought 38 to me, you know, and that was one of the fears that my family members had because when I asked for money to support the business, they were saying, boy, who was going to manage uh, it, manage it and mm -hmm. ensure that people don't thief it and so forth, you know, right. and to see that on the first outing, uh, the person robbed Took me advantage of, of, you. of 12, 12 of them. You know, they say, you see, we, to we told you. But I was very much determined nonetheless because I had a goal in mind. A, yes. a goal in mind. Yes. So your little yeah. poultry farm was doing well, man? Yeah, man, it was doing well, you know. And when I heard Dorian talking about the things that the Jamaica Society for the Blind was doing for blind persons and talking about blind persons becoming radio broadcasters and yes. so forth. You know, it perked up my spirit and opened my eyes a bit to say, you know, boy, it would be good for me to get rehabilitated and just start uh, to relive and repurpose my life. Right. Know? So this is a defining moment. So, but, but, but it's in Kingston. You're in yeah. St. Mary. Mm -hmm. And had you ever gone to Kingston before, or this would have been your very first time in Kingston? Well, I'd come to Kingston before, you know, as a child, you know, you come on outings to Kingston. Yes. Uh, I, had, um, I, I had a brother who was living in uh, Havendale. Yes. So in the early 80s, I remember coming to spend a holiday uh, with him uh, in Kingston. Okay. And so I had... Um, come to Kingston before, but I wouldn't say that I knew Kingston. Kingston. Mm -hmm. Right. You so, you, so you get to Kingston because you called Doreen Samuels and she actually, I mean, God, God, you know, may she rest in peace. She gave you the details that you needed. And so you are, you found this new sense of purpose where you say, all right, I want more. And this is going to be my, my opportunity to be more. Yes, and, and so when I got that information from Doreen, I couldn't act upon it immediately because I never had sufficient money, money. Mm -hmm. to come into Kingston. So that is how the chicken business now uh, um, was strengthened, was expanded, because I said that I had to accumulate funds so that when I leave the business, I could go into Kingston and you know, be able to have some money in my pocket and to do some of the things that I wanted to do. Did people so, think you were crazy? Like, did people say, well, you have a business here, you're doing well, it's expanding, you have your money, why bother? Why bother to do all well, of that when well, you can't stay yes, here? Yes, my family members were, were wondering what, 
was what was happening to me because they were wondering how is it that I wanted to go back to school and who was going to carry me to school, who was going to ride for me and all of that. Because even though they, I told them of the things that I had learned about the Jamaica Society for the They Blind, didn't believe. They didn't believe and they, didn't, and they were not exposed to it, mm -hmm. you know. So it was very, very difficult uh, to convince them. So this is where they say seeing is believing. Believing. I, I, and, so, and, so, and so I decided that I was going to hand over the business to my mother, let her continue running it along with my nephew. Yes. And then, and then I would uh, come to the Jamaica Society for the Blind, get the rehabilitation, and start and restart my education. Right. So you're, so you're there, you learn Braille. As you said, you had to learn this new form of communication, right? Um, mm -hmm. You learn Braille. And what are some of the things um, that stand out to you from your uh, Jamaica Society for the Blind um, community? And where did you go after that? Well, you know, I mean, Jamaica Society for the Blind was a really special treat for me mm -hmm. because... At that uh, location, I started to learn a lot about life. Yes. And that in spite of one being blind, you can still function, you know? Right. Um, and so when I got the opportunity to do mobility training and I was going around the city by myself when I started to learn to read and write Braille, Yes. And was able to read books, other books. And then I was exposed to uh, audio cassette recorders that, you know, have a lot of stories on it and so forth. Right. And life was opening up uh, for me. And, and, and then I started my classes at my evening college. And... Here because you're going to go back for your grades, right? You, I mean, you, you would have left high school without grades, but you, right. are, you are determined to get those grades. Absolutely. So, so I, I saw how I could do it at the Jamaica Society for the Blind now. Right. And I said, look, I'm not wasting no time, you know. I am okay, going God. straight into learning, uh, um, doing my O and A level subjects because... I wanted to go to the University of the West Indies. And without, so those, I, without those grades and without those subjects... Um, I couldn't you, do it. You, you couldn't do it, absolutely. I couldn't do it. So I had a, a two-year plan. I had a two-year plan, and that was to do my O and A level subjects within the two years and then get into the University of the West Indies. Sir and, Floyd, people must have thought you were crazy. Because <laughs> people who can see... People who can't hear and do every Jesus thing under this sun, they also find it very difficult to imagine that even within a two-year span, that would be done, much less someone mm -hmm. who is now deemed disabled. They never yes. say you're crazy. Well, a lot of people thought, a lot of my family members, a lot of my family members thought that it was uh, crazy. But... You know, I came to the Jamaica Society for the Blind and I met individuals who had done it. And so I knew that it was possible. 
and I started to work towards my goals and my dreams and my passion. And I uh, registered at Michael Evening College to yes. do, at first I did three O-level subjects, maths, English, and accounts. And whilst I was Were there, you was still going for the chartered accountant? Were you try, were you still at that point trying to become a chartered accountant or did you just it say was still it was still in my in, in, in my as a part of my ambition. All right. It was nice. still a part of my ambition. Nice. Right. Um and so you know, uh, but but also at the time I had a newfound love for radio broadcasting. Yes. Um, because, you know, I, 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 I realized that Patrick Lafayette was in the field. Yes. And with my new association with Doreen Samuels, you know, I mean, and how she used radio to impact on me really drew me into that. Yes. Right. So, and it's just to show you, I don't even mean to cut you, but it's just to show you how representation is so key. Absolutely. You know, meeting people who have gone before you, um, who are examples that it can be done. You mm -hmm. know, we often speak about representation uh, mattering, but it, it really does. And it also shows you how kindness goes mm -hmm. a far way. Just taking those little moments to talk to you, to give you details, to encourage you would just be the spark that you might need to step yeah, into absolutely. your next your next chapter. Ab absolutely. That little seed, that little seed of information mm -hmm. has resulted in a mighty oak tree being I... uh being grown you know yes and, sir and 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 I, I i that is why you know even up on to her dying moments yes. lorraine and i were in touch and were friends and she oh, said man. to me floyd there is nothing for you that i won't do and every time I called upon her, you know, she made herself available. Responsive. Yeah, man. And she was one of my biggest cheerleaders, man. Any, anybody, anybody in the public yes. who said anything bad about her flight. They had to deal with you. <laughs> she had, she called me and she was most upset. And she, you know, would say, listen, my man, don't make them bother you. And, yes. you know, and just stay on your pathway and, she was always encouraging. A warrior. You know? Yeah. Uh, yes, ma'am. You know, she was a wonderful soul. Wonderful and soul. And I, agree. I, 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 I I am blessed to have met her and God brought her as an angel in my life. He sure did. So you get to Michael evening classes and you probably might have been the only blind student there? Well, I was uh, at, at the time, I was the only blind student on the evening program program but ah. there was a blind student at the day college um you know but but i was doing very well and i did very well because i passed all uh the three subjects that i did floyd did uh, you show up the other students in the class because we knew that you were a brain box before in high school. <laughs> were you showing up the other students in your class uh, you, you don't have you don't have to be modest now well, well, you know, put it this way, a lot of students gravitated to me because they, they realized that I understood the matter very well. Yes. You know, so I had a lot of study partners who 
would work with me as I assisted them mm -hmm. in explaining some of the concepts involving mathematics and also involved in uh, accounts as well. You right. Know? So you go for the, a, the O levels and the A levels. Right, right. Um, so I, I got my o, the three O level first, yes. um, at English and accounts, including a distinction that I got in, uh, in accounts. Wow. And then, and then the next year, I went and I registered for two A-levels and two O-levels, history and commerce at the ordinary level, and yes. accounts and economics at the advanced level. Mercy. And, and again, I was successful in, both, in all of them, including two distinctions in history and commerce. And that set the stage yes. for me now. That set the tone for university. For university. When that you, the stage. Wow. When you, when you told your parents uh, and your family members, you know, it's, it's, these are the little moments that I live for. You've, you set out your two-year plan. You do this despite your, your physical condition. You basically shut down any of the naysayers who said it could not and would not be done. How did your family now receive this news that, hey, you did your O, you did your A, and now you could be potentially stepping into university? Well, I tell you, you know, when I, when I did um, get the results for the O, the first three O levels that I did, mm -hmm. my family members, uh, uh, there were some family members who realize how serious I was. Yes. And they started to invest in me. I remember ah. my my uncle, my uncle Henry and my cousin Carol were very supportive um in, 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 in terms of me staying in Kingston because when I did my first set of subjects and um was uh I'd completed that stint in uh, Michael Evening College. Yes. Uh, there were some problems in terms of where I was staying with my brother in uh, Vineyard Town and it wasn't a conducive environment. Environment so, for you. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. So, so I was faced with the problem of going back to St. Mary. And my cousin Carol said no. My uncle Henry said no. And I have a very good friend, um, Mrs. Jacqueline Douse now, yes. um, who uh, they're members of my Adventist church uh, community. And they all said, no, you're not going back to St. Mary. You are going to realize your dream. dream. And they, <laughs> they put together, they put together and uh, assisted me to get accommodation in Kingston. Yes. And so I, I was able to stay over. And they were able to facilitate my... that. Yes, 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 yes. That and so it was, it, was, it was really significant in terms of me uh, staying over and continuing my studies. And I should mention as well mm -hmm. that my high school, I, I had some head boys at high school, you know, um, and one of them that I will never forget, Gary Allen. Sir Gary uh, Allen, he was, he was my former boss. 
Yes, yes. Gary was a decent head boy at high school. And, you know, when I came to Kingston and was going back to Michael Evening College for the first time to yes. do my CXE subjects and so forth, and I never had sufficient money to pay for the subjects. And I reached out to him and Patrick Harley. And, you know, both of them put together some funds and came to assist me to pay for my subjects. And I was able to do those um, three subjects in the first year. And, you know, and I you mean, know, all listening, of them. And listening to that story, um, that definitely sounds like Gary Allen. And I know that you acknowledged him in your book as well. But... You know, I, I have to interject and I have to say, you know, it's amazing that when you invest in yourself, you see, sometimes people can't take you seriously until you take yourself seriously. Absolutely. And Absolutely. so what happened is that when you said, even though I may not get all the support I need, I am going to support myself. I approve myself. I validate myself and I'm going to put skin in the game. What that shows other persons is that, listen, is either you going to come with me? Are you going to stay over there? And then, and, and, and I think that really um, shows your, your level of uh, mindset, your attitude and your approach. But then it also and, speaks and, to the village. Mm -hmm, you were saying. And when people, when people see that you are making, you are in a difficult position and you are making a genuine effort, effort. they are going to come on board to mm -hmm. give you support if you reach out and ask them. Yes. So don't stay in your corner and say, boy, it's rough, but you are struggling along. Acknowledge that it is rough and seek assistance and seek support and people will come and reach out to you. Closed mouths don't get fed. Absolutely. Absolutely. You remain hungry for life. You remain hungry for life, complaining. And so it's amazing that you recognized and you identified where you needed the assistance and you knew exactly who to ask. And what they did was they stepped up to the plate and they supported Absolutely. you. Fantastic. Absolutely. Fantastic. So where do we go now? Are we stepping into university? Yes, man. Through the Monabat Gate, right <laughs> into the University of the West Indies. Yes. And... I tell you, you know, it wasn't easy getting in there mm -hmm. because money was a, a major challenge. Yeah, and it still is. But, you know, I was, I was strengthened with the resolve that not even money was going to deter me from realizing my dream of going to the university, you know? Oh. And so I went um, to the university and... You and know, what were you pursuing? Because you had spoken about the accounts, but you also spoke about your love, your interest now in broadcast and communications. So absolutely. are you going for both? Are you, have you chosen one? Well, well I, applied, I applied to the university and I had uh, stated my options. And um, I, I did the Karimak entrance exam mm -hmm. and did very well. And now... One of the things you have to realize about Karimak at the time is that you have to do this entrance exam. Yes. And like about 200, 250 people do this exam every year. <laughs> and only 50 persons, only 50 persons end up uh, passing to get in. You're and, I, and I was amongst the 50. 
But of and, course you were. And and so and so the university accepted me and gave me a full time space. So mm -hmm. I said, well, if Karimak is where um the Lord is taking me, yeah. then Karimak is where I'm going. Look know? at that. That is uh, a redirection. Uh, uh, that is uh, absol absolutely. Absolutely. That is where that. absolutely that is where a major turn you know uh took place uh in my life so something and that you may not have had figured out became yes. became your your new platform or your new opportunity uh, my new opportunity wow and okay. and i went i went did karma and let me tell you something terry yeah you wouldn't you wouldn't you ever see a little child get a toy yet <laughs> yes and i have an eight-year-old so yes <laughs> All right, and you see how that child responds when you give uh, him or her that um, toy? Yes, sir. That was how I responded when I got into university and was at Karimak. And more so, I was placed on Taylor Hall. And oh, the Taylor you, Hall. Ah. The Taylor Hall. The <laughs> Taylor Hall. Okay? And I said I was going to live my life. I was going to live my life because remember all the exciting stuff that I wanted to do whilst I was in high school was severely curtailed and restricted because of um, my visual disabilities. Right. I had now gotten into Kingston, rehabilitated, accepted my disability. It was now a part of my identity. And so I was living with it and realizing the successes. And when I went on Taylor Hall, yes, and I saw the young ladies running after me, yeah. I said, oh. you know, this is a new phenomenon in the house, boy. When we did their country, man, I mean, they are not never going for you. They were like a blind man and nothing not going for me and thing. And now I come a country, uh, come a Kingston, and everything is Ray Charles, Ray Charles, <laughs> Ray Charles, you know? And I mean, they were fighting and quarreling about who was going to read for me, who was going to carry me to, to me? who was carrying me to classes and all of that sort of stuff. You know, and I tell you, it was amazing. It was yeah, amazing. And, and your your social life, everything has no has no changed. And I guess this is when it it it, it kind of shows you that you know, um, you are what you make your life. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I think when you start to really think of yourself on a higher level, and you're, you vibe on a different frequency, everything, the universe will conspire. Mm -hmm. to make mm -hmm. sure that what you want to align with comes to you. Sometimes you don't even Absolutely. have to put it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you're a hot boy on campus. You're a bright boy, <laughs> but you're also a hot boy on campus. Yes, yes, yes. And, you know, I mean, I, I tell you, I participated in a whole lot of things uh, uh, on Taylor Hall, and I was seen as what they call a vibes master because, you know, Rachel's... I, I, to, to them at the time, I was a phenomenon. A lot of them 
it was the first time they were interacting with a blind person. Yes. And so you it wasn't a blind person who, mm -hmm. absolutely, it wasn't a blind person who was sorry for himself, you know? And I mean, it, it, it was there that I met people like Knife, um, Dr. Knife, and Dr. Paula Dawson was my big Knife. sister and friend. Um, you know, and she was one of those persons who was organizing readers for me along with um, Erica Gordon, um, you know. And then in my second year, people like Emily Crooks came on to Taylor Hall. What and you so say we to had me? A, a whole a whole network of friends yes. that uh and all emerged notable there. persons too. Yes, yes, yes. Because I mean it was during that time as well that I met even Lisa Hannah because uh Lisa was at Carmack in uh, when I was in my second year, she came in uh Carmack mm -hmm. and you know all of those uh TV students, Simone yes. Clark. Yes uh, um Hume Dr. Hume Johnson. Yeah, it does a massively competitive um absolutely yeah. if, if 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 you should look back at the annals of Carmack, you would see that year group that between nineteen ninety-three to ninety-six, those yes. students that came in there, a lot of them know. Are practitioners significant mm -hmm. positions across the Caribbean and are leaders in their own right, you know. So, so it was a very interesting period. Um, and so, and you're going through, and you're still, you're still interested in your communications, and this is what you pretty much want to be. Absolutely, absolutely, because you know I was stimulated and motivated by people like Professor Agri Brown. And Professor Hopton Dunn, who were um, lecturers at Carimac at the time. Yes. And so, you know, I mean, I settled into it, and Alma Makien was very supportive of me um, and Faye Ellington. In and terms Faye. Of, absolutely, they were, they understood that I had a purpose, they understood that I had a passion. And they made sure they gave me the support whilst, whilst not being sympathetic. Right. Whilst not being sympathetic. And I think that's you know? what a lot of persons, and I think that I think that a lot of us even need to know that that even when we are in the presence of persons with disabilities, they do not want to be treated differently. They they want Absolutely. to have their dignity and their humanity intact. And we do right. not do them any service by, 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 by pandering or treating them as if they're any less than. Um, I find that uh, when I've spoken to many, they say they just want to be respected. Respected Absolutely. as decent Absolutely. And, who have dreams and passions like everybody else. Yes. And, and we want to be given the opportunity to participate mm -hmm. in society as anybody else, you know? Yes. So and I got you... that opportunity. I got that opportunity to participate whilst I was at the university and on Taylor Hall because, you know, I, in my first year, I became a deputy hall chairman for uh, Taylor Hall. Yes. And, you know, um, so you were I continued involved. to do well. Yes, I was very much involved with student politics. 
So we are, and that's the perfect segue because you said student politics. And you mentioned that there was a point in time when you had the opportunity, I believe um, at the time, PJ Patterson, uh, was he visiting the campus or he was, um, I can't remember what the forum was, but that you had your day, you had your spotlight. Tell me about it. Well, you know, um, leaders (laughs) of the country, Yes. would come on the campus to speak to students about different issues. And so this was 1995. I was in my uh, final year, my second year, rather, and he came to speak to the students. And the issue of uh, Oh, and hold on, Sir Floyd, for, for, for listeners who are not Jamaicans or who may not be familiar with our politics, um, um, Honorable P.J. Patterson was a former uh, prime Minister. He actually served for a very long time and he was a former Prime Minister of Jamaica. Continue, Sir Floyd. Yes. So, so he came to the campus in 95 and the, the issue of tuition support for students at the university was hot. And um, when he came, I Ray Charles was always the enough boy on campus who is going to stand up and speak out for students. I led Uh, and participated in quite a lot of um, lockdowns and demonstrations on the campus. um, Village lawyer. I was there, yes, you know. And so um, when he came, I asked him a question about, you know, um, the PNP government's policy on education, funding of tertiary education. Yes. And... uh, the implications it had for a party that was founded by Norman Manley and what was happening with it at the tertiary level. And when I asked him the question, it was to tremendous applause in the uh, The social faculty of social sciences lecture theater. And it was packed to capacity. I tell you, it was cock. There was... I mean, students were standing all over. Um, So at that time when I asked the question, you know, I mean, a good five minutes of applause, you know, from the students, you know. And when... You must have gotten PJ Patterson's attention. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, he responded respectfully and... After the function, I tell you, the only thing left the students to do was to lift me and carry me over to the hall, <laughs> you know. But I, I was crowned king on the campus um, thereafter. And, you know, everybody who uh, had any political aspirations in terms of guild elections and so forth, be wanting to be members of the student guild, would come to me to um, ask me to com- get some sort of guidance as to how to campaign. Yes, you, know, and, you are and not I the remember, source and people look to you uh, as a Absolutely, reference. absolutely. And I, I, I ended up being Lisa Hanna's campaign manager when she ran as external affairs chairperson um, back in, 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 in 1996, mm-hmm. you know. So, so, you know, it was an exciting uh, period but herein lies another redirection. Tell me about it. I'm because, so fascinated. I'm so fascinated because, because I'm thinking about because, how many times we give up in life. And here it is. You are just 
owning everything and with the spirit of fearlessness you're just stepping through life saying world here i come mm -hmm. yes yes because having had that encounter with pj patterson on the university campus he went back to cabinet and was reporting to his uh, cabinet colleagues the encounter at the university and was yes. telling them about this blind man this particular student who, uh, who asked him some serious question and him said boy this man here obviously have some influence on the students on the campus because mm -hmm. how the students responded yes and Horace Clark who was the member of parliament for the constituency that I'm from in St. Mary was a cabinet minister then yes and he was very close to my mother because my mother was a worker for him mm -hmm. and Horace was laughing um at what PJ was saying that because he knows him. you <laughs> all right so so Horace, Horace knew me very well and um PJ asked him why I was laughing and PJ, he said to PJ, that's my boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And PJ told him, and PJ told him that boy he wanted, he wanted to get to get me involved. Yes. He wanted to get me involved. Yes. And can, you know, can I can I interject? Can I can I interject right yes, here? Yes, you because you used a term earlier um, and you said, you know, you were, you know, you were always known for being enough. You know, if there was an issue, a situation, a demonstration, you know, you are one of the figureheads on campus. And a lot of the times, um, you know, there's some of us who own the word enough. Some people call it enough. We call it progressive. And mm -hmm. we're not afraid to stand up for what we truly believe in. And there are people who are afraid of being enough. They're afraid of taking up space. They are afraid of participating for what mm -hmm. people might say or what, you know, you, you know um, what people might think. And mm -hmm. yet still, because you stood up and mm -hmm. you asked your question, you participated in that moment, you were able to leave a lasting impression on a leader who even after everyone disbanded and everyone went about their own business, your impression was so great that it will now create a new opportunity that you probably would never have imagined or because you stood in your, in your greatness. Absolutely. And that is why you must never be shy of speaking your truth and speaking your passion. Because in speaking your truth and speaking your passion might very well be a defining moment for you too. And in speaking my truth and speaking my passion at that time constituted a defining moment for me that I never knew nor anticipated. But I come to realize that the Spirit of God was leading me in all of my doings. Yes. And, Everything you know, um, yes. And, 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 and so Horace Clark got me involved in uh, his constituency. I got involved with the PNPYO. Yes. And by 1997, I was one of the, I was the leading youth speaker for the PNP in the national election. And lo and behold, after um, PJ won the election in 97, yes. he said that he wanted to find 
to put a young person in the parliament. And, and Philip Paulwell. And you would have been what age now? That time I was 28. That time I was 28 in 97. Mm -hmm. And Philip Paulwell, Paul Burke, and a lady by the name of Audrey Budai and um, so forth. Mm -hmm. Right. They knew of my speaking ability and they and they went to Patterson and said, look, boss, why not appoint this young blind lecturer from the university? Because I was teaching in the Department of Government by then. I was on the master's program. And he, without any hesitation, he said, that is a big shot because, you know, he was going to get a double whammy. Uh, a young person who has a disability and it would send the signal to the country that he is promoting an inclusive inclusion right. absolutely and so i was appointed as a senator and it's important and it's important it's important for people to understand that you you were not selected in order for the system to seem as if it is inclusive you were selected because you were the right person for the job. You just uh, happened yes, to be blind yeah. and you would help to galvanize yes. the, the movement of accepting and respecting. As a matter of fact, he in, insisted that he was not appointing me as a representative for the community of persons with disabilities. He was appointing me as a senator in my own right. Yes, sir. Earned. And that was and that was instructive. That was Earned. instructive, and that again constituted um, a, 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 another redirection in my life because I have been serving as a senator since 1998. The first and only blind um, sen senator uh, person, definitely for yes. our society. And I was even trying to do some research. Because I believe you might just be the only one to, to serve in the political position that you are in within our um in our region or hemisphere for that matter, which is a well, big deal. We, we 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 have had subsequently, and she is um uh, a mentee of mine, yes. uh, um Eiffel, yes, who served as a senator in Barbados okay. and or. Uh, so also was um, promoted to uh, president of the Senate. And it's instructive. I mean, I'd gone to Barbados. I'd gone to Barbados in, I think it was 2003, 2004, when I was minister of state. Yes. And I'd uh, met her and I spoke to their minister of government at the time about her. Yes. And... Uh, told them the need for them to invest in her and also uh, spoke with Prime Minister Owen Hathor, mm -hmm. um, uh, to get her involved. And, you know, I mean, she was given a job and the next thing she was president of the Senate in Look Barbados. And I guess it just yeah. goes to show you that a lot of the times people just need the opportunity. 
They have the right attitude. um, They have the imagination. They have the creativity. They have a lot of input. But if they're not Mm -hmm. given the opportunity because we like to assume that we Mm -hmm. know the, the... the potential of persons, um, we tend to limit them and all they need is the opportunity. That's fantastic to hear though. I will definitely do some research on her as well. So you served, mm-hmm. you served in that capacity, but you've also, um, you know, you've gone into so many different spaces, you know, uh, author, lecturer, um, advocate. You travel mm-hmm. all over the world, you know, explain to me how even um, now, your redirection, your path has just allowed you to impact in different spaces? Well, you know, I mean, I tell you, preparation mm-hmm. is very important for one's destination. Hi, yeah, yeah. Say that again um, for me, please. Say that again for me, please. Preparation is important for one's destination. Mm-hmm. And my years of being rehabilitated at the Jamaica Society for the Blind being involved at the University of the West Indies, getting my education and student activism and my involvement in politics. You know, have given me tremendous experience and expertise in different fields. Yes. And, and that has prepared me mm-hmm. for my various roles and responsibilities and sojourn around the world. So... By the time I reached the United Nations 2002 to negotiate the Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities, I was able to stand up in those hallowed walls and articulate the position of persons with disabilities based on my own experience, experience, but also from a research position and also from an advocate um, advocacy position because I was now advocating for persons with uh, disabilities. disabilities. And, and that led Jamaica to uh, participate in all the sessions at the United Nations and resulted in us being the first country in the world to sign and ratify the Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities in 2007. Did you, know, you ever imagine in a million um, years that you Absolutely would be there? not, Terry. <gasps> um, I said, deep price blind boy from Dunga, Baileysville, St. Mary. They in the United Nations are rub shoulders with Ban Ki-moon, the Secretary General for the United Nations. On behalf of a country. On, on behalf, behalf of a vulnerable community in particular. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, mean, I, I watched a sermon recently um, and it was, it was very, very powerful. And it spoke about sometimes, you know, we go into a storm and a lot of the times we think that is the, is, is the devil that brings the storm. It's the enemy that brings the storm. And what the pastor said is that a lot of the times, sometimes it's God who sends the storm. Yes, ma'am. He, he already knows what he expects of you and what Absolutely. he's going to demand from you, but you won't be able to be the ready. Script- the scripture says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Oh my goodness, man. If you didn't go through what you went through, if you didn't go through your storm, you would not be able to stand. Absolutely. And Absolutely. speak on behalf that would, and, 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 and put you in the rooms with the people who needed to hear you speak. 
yes, in order yes. to make the necessary changes. Absolutely, absolutely. You and, are magnificent. And, 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 you know, I mean, so, so speaking at the United Nations was one seminal moment, you know. And then I remember in 2015, I had to go to the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists in San Antonio, uh, Texas. Yes. Now, the, 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 this is a big event for the Adventist church globally. All the who is who in the Adventist church is congregated there. And, you know, cities compete for the general conference of Seventh-day Adventists. Sounds like right? Olympics. It so, literally sounds Ab like absolutely, Olympics. Absolutely, absolutely. Because when it happened, it's about 70,000 individuals, you know, that is coming into that city, right? And it's massive. And I tell you, I remember going to speak the morning um, in the... Uh, at the at the convention, and when they told me that every seat in the convention room was taken, seventy thousand. I must say, Lord of mercy, <laughs> why? I go manage this because. But you, you come to places in Jamaica and you talk to one ten thousand crowd, you know, man. Yeah, but this is seventy. But you talk for seventy thousand. And it's cosmopolitan because it's absolutely. different different backgrounds, absolutely. different cultures. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I tell you, you know, God spoke to me and said to me, said, boy, I may not bring you this far if leave you alone, you know. Aye. And most importantly, you know, I see the crowd anyway, so now watch the crowd. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> so, you know, see if them are frowning up them face or not. So just go and go talk to the people there. Oh, oh you're hilarious. <laughs> you see, when I spoke to them, I said, listen to me, I am going to talk to them in my jamaican language yes and i gave them my story and you see when me tell them wish them a bunununus time and me tell them say me i go have a catawampus time at conrad listen you tear up the place turn upside down standing ovation Standing ovation, you know. I mean, Floyd, when, in those moments, in those moments, have you ever wished, if even for a second, and it's not, it's not a matter of being, you know, um, ungrateful. In those moments, have you ever wished for even a second to be able to see what it is everyone else in the room sees? I mean, I know you feel and you can hear it, but have you ever said, Lord, come on? I mean, I mean it. Well, yes, you know, sometimes you wish to see some of these uh, situations. Yes. You know, because 
it's it's a real, you know. I mean, you're you're, you're just wondering, is this is this for real? And you want to just get a peep. You just want yes. to get a glimpse. Yes. Right. And uh, I mean, you feel that way, you know. Yeah. Um, but I, I tell you, I learn to appreciate. Yes. I learn to appreciate more and more that God allows things to happen mm-hmm. for his own glorification and for our purpose, you know? Absolutely. And but you didn't just stop there. You didn't stop yeah. there because I think in 2017, you decided that, you know, why not just go for the stars? I think it was in, was it 2017 that you defended your... Um, your thesis, PhD, thesis. Yes, um, yes. In the doctor of, of yes. philosophy, uh, your, your PhD. Yes, you know, I mean, you see, I am one individual who believes in excellence. I believe that I must give my best mm-hmm. all the time. Regardless, your excellence is unconditional. This is my absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely. Um, and so I, I have been in, in any sphere of life, yes. whether it be in my family life, whether it be in uh, my work, whether it be in uh, politics, I give of my best. And so, you know, um, going for the PhD was a part of that effort yes. to achieve excellence. Uh, I, I, I always say, um, repeat a quote that I learned from my good friend, um, Knife, Dr. Knife, that yes. perfection is an unattainable goal, but striving for it makes us achieve greater levels of excellence. Yes. Sir. And I, I always aspire for excellence mm-hmm. and so getting that phd you know was was very important some 31 years after i graduated from high school <laughs> without a single subject. academic subject and again this constitute another period of redirection in my life that's just <laughs> Like I'm hearing you and I'm saying, my goodness, Terry, you need, you need to go and pull up your socks now. You need, you, you, you get a little <laughs> bit complacent. You know, what are three of your biggest life, um, life lessons for anyone who is listening to you? What are probably your three biggest takeaways? Seeing what you've seen, experienced what you've experienced. Well, one, and I'm going to give you it in Jamaican parallels, as you would say. <laughs> Right, man, no dead, no call him doppy. Aye, aye, aye. Yes, yes, sir. So, don't give up on anybody. Mm-hmm. Don't give up on anybody because you know people have the potential. What they want is an opportunity and to make sure mm-hmm. and the support. And once you give them that opportunity and support, they will become whosoever they want to be. I got opportunities because individuals in my family 
never gave up on me. Individuals like Jacqueline Smith-Dowse never yes. gave up on me. And I am who I am uh, today. Yes. And then mm -hmm. I say to people, disability respects no one. So you must treat individuals with disability, with respect, as yes. how you would want to be treated if you should develop a disability. Correct. Because the truth of the matter is that disability is just a moment away from happening in any of us' life. We've seen you it. Can be walking, the strongest of the strong. Absolutely. You know, and so... You have to make sure that you pay the greatest respect. Uh, respect to persons with disabilities. And, you know, I say as well, and you said three, I was going to give you four. I take my four. I take <laughs> my right. four. I take all right. four. <laughs> all right. Um, education is the greatest investment that anyone can make in this life journey because you know when you get an education yes it is not going to give you instant gratification right but it is a certain source of sustained earning and development yes and even if you don't even get to pursue that particular career based on what you studied, it certainly still keeps you in the system that allows Absolutely. you to Absolutely. move in other spaces. Absolutely. I, I, I'm a testament. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I am a firm believer in God. Amen. And I always preach a sermon on Philippians 4, verse 13, which says... I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And when, and when I read the text, I always say that God carved out that text particularly for me. For you. Right? Because there is no, I, I claim it and I live it. And I say to myself, it's God say, that I can do all things through him who strengthened me. Then it is done. All it means that I need to do is to have a firm belief in him, and then it is done. Hmm. And That's that done. is what I have been doing in my life. And I tell you, it has been awesome. I can hear it, it and awesome. I can feel it. Sir Floyd, I have two last questions and I will send you, I will send you to do all the great things. <laughs> I mean, I really, I really do um, appreciate this. You said um, that you had wanted to become a chartered attendant, uh, accountant, excuse me, and it was your wife mm -hmm. who became, who is the chartered accountant. How long have you been married? Well, um, I've been married from 2011. So this year, um, uh, it's nine years going into our 10th year. Congratulations. What uh, has been married? And, and, and the reason why I ask this is because a lot of times, um, if you even speak to persons, they, they automatically assume that, you know, people with disabilities automatically marry or pair with other persons with disabilities. And you have to, I have to explain to them that, no, they, they have 
very healthy, meaningful relationships with persons who don't have yeah. disabilities. Where did you meet her? Well, I mean, you know. So we know you're a charmer from the time you were on tape. <laughs> we know you're a charmer. So I don't even have to ask about that. Yes, yes. And you know, I met her whilst I was on uh, campus, but at that time, never in the context of a relationship. Mm -hmm. It was after, you know, um, being uh, at church, at Andrew's SDA church, mm -hmm. and she was there as uh, my, sub my Sabbath school teacher um, yes. for the youth class. And, uh, you know... And you were uh, smitten by her. Who was smitten absolutely. more? You were smitten by her or she was smitten by you first? I was smitten by her because, <laughs> trust me, she was an articulate, eloquent, brilliant uh, young lady. And, uh, you know, I was just, I mean, awed by her intellect. And, yes. you know, I tell people that a, 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 a blind man yes. um, or blind persons don't see physical images first. Mm -hmm. we, we go by... Uh, sound, yes. we go by smell. So it is smell and sound that draws a blind man to a woman. Well, thank and you then, for letting us know that. I'm going to make sure I wear the <laughs> perfume. Listen, give me some good advice. You know? <laughs> and, then, and then after that, you know, what, what I, I say, what I say to people all the time, the sighted man say, seeing is believing. Yes. But the blind man say, feeling is knowing. All right. So, yes. <laughs> You're right. So, 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 whilst, so whilst we, we smell and we feel, we get to know. Yes. And that is what happened in this context with my wife and we have developed a fabulous relationship That's over beautiful. the past uh, nine or so years, you know? That's beautiful. And Sir Floyd, my final question uh, for you, who, and I ask all my guests this, is what does redirection mean to you? Or how would you define redirection? Well, in my estimation, redirection is moving from a particular pathway Mm -hmm. to another that will see you realizing your goals, realizing and achieving your dreams. Mm -hmm. That is my uh, understanding of redirection. Mm -hmm. So you might, be on, you might be on a particular trajectory that is not yielding the particular results that you are anticipating or that you want, and so you decide that, hey, you have to, you have to repurpose. You have to yes. redirect. Yes. And, you have to pivot. And it may not uh, look exactly how you think it will be. Yes. And, and redirection has no time sensitivity to it. Huh. Because, you know, I have been to uh, Ebony Park and I have seen a 70-year-old man. Yes. Going to Ebony Park to get a certificate in agricultural, um, agricultural studies a couple Look of years ago, right? Not because he wanted to be the best 
in what he was doing in terms of his agricultural production. Yes. Right? And I am saying that when we are redirecting our lives, it might be at 20, it might be at 30, it might be at 40, it might be at 50. Or 70, but as you see. At, at, absolutely. But make sure that you are making a move from that path that you are traveling on that is not yielding the desired result onto another platform that will bring you greater success. And fulfillment. And, and fulfillment. And fulfillment. Mm -hmm. oh, Senator Dr. Floyd Morris, thank you. Thank you for the encouragement. Thank you for the inspiration. Thank you for refilling my cup. You know, a lot of the times we, we're on our trajectory and we think we're doing everything that we can. And, you know, we have our moments and that's fine because we're, we're, we're humans. But every now and then, I think we're given people who are the greatest examples, who without even saying much or, we, you know, maybe we don't even know each other personally. But when we look at them and how they live their lives, it gives us the impetus to keep going. And I think you're definitely one of those people for me and I'm sure many others um, more importantly your you know your book is entitled you know walk by faith not by sight and I, I i said it in one of our um in my previous interviews and i said you know a lot of the times people focus a lot on faith and it's important because faith is very big for us as believers i said but you have to walk yes you yes. have to walk you have to make that conscious intentional decision to be more and to do more and I thank the you. Scripture for said, all "Faith of without works is dead." Is dead. Is absolutely dead. So I thank mm. you. And for mm -hmm. those persons who are interested, you can definitely get the book at your local um, at your local bookstore. I, I got it well, here I, locally, um, it and I is. believe it might be on Amazon for those of my it, listeners. It is who on. Know. It is on Book Fusion. It it's is on, on Book Fusion. Fusion. You can get it on BookFusion.com. It's a great read, and it was it was written beautifully. Um, you had your mm -hmm. English in there, you had your Patois, and it was just, it was, it was articulated very, very well. I enjoyed the book. And certainly yeah. for those persons who are interested in learning the other bits and pieces that clearly we couldn't cover, please, I encourage you to go and get the book, Walk by Faith, Not by Sight, by Senator Dr. Floyd Morris. Sir, thank you thank so you. very much. Thank Keep you faith. very much, Terry. And uh, I, it was absolutely my pleasure. You know, and they say when you are in good company, you know, time flies and you don't even realize. Really? <laughs> and, and, and it's a good thing I wasn't watching the clock. The time. I know. I'm going to let you go right now. I'm going to let you go right now. And guys, thank you as usual for tuning yes. into Redirection with Terry Carell. And I will definitely see you next week. Don't forget to review, to rate, give us the feedback and let us know um, what you thought of the fantastic Senator Dr. Floyd Morris. Do take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.